Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here at the church in my office with my Bible open to 1 John chapter 1, where it says, starting in verse 7, Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Why did Jesus come to earth? One of the expressed reasons in the Bible, it says, is to destroy the work of the devil. Colossians chapter 1 declares that all things were made by Christ and for Christ. Jesus has purchased and redeemed a fallen world. All authority is his. The flow of God's will is that now Jesus would have supremacy over all things practically in our lives, in our homes, and in the church. The kingdom of God expands in an ever-expanding radius, beginning with our own lives first, then in our homes, and then in the church. The kingdom of God expands in relationship to how he has chosen to delegate spiritual authority in the world. After the family, which we talked about last episode, the next place God has specifically delegated spiritual authority is in the church. Remember, the purpose of spiritual authority, according to the scripture, is to lead, to protect, to bless, and to serve. Those in positions of spiritual authority have a responsibility for the spiritual atmosphere of the places where they serve. Pastors and leaders in the church are responsible for the spiritual atmosphere of their congregations. If leaders tolerate sin in the church, they give the devil a foothold and victory is lost and people become vulnerable to spiritual attack from the enemy. In the Old Testament, Achan was a great example of this, how Achan's sin affected the whole army of Israel and they experienced defeat even after having just won an amazing victory in Jericho. But then when we as leaders lead in humility and prayer and repentance, renouncing the devil's lies and deeds, and then offer ourselves to God, not just individually, but corporately, then God will establish his kingdom reign in the church, placing all things under the feet of Jesus, who is head over everything for the church. Now, the circle of Christ's reign has expanded from the beachhead of just one individual or a household to to an entire group of believers meeting together as one congregation. Now, what does this look like? Pastors and church leaders exercise their spiritual authority when they lead the flock according to God's word and God's will. Establishing the foundation of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, who we now are in Christ, and calling the church to fulfill the vision God has given His church of discipling all nations. Pastors and leaders protect the church, both through prayer as well as maintaining biblical standards and doctrine in the church. Now, we primarily tend to think of this protection as doctrinal or theological. But there's a spiritual component 
connected to this as well. Paul provides some interesting insight into the spiritual protection that's provided by church leaders. In 1 Corinthians 5, we have an instance where a congregation is exercising church discipline. A man in the Corinthian church was engaging in immoral sexual practices by sleeping with his stepmother. The church leaders had presumably confronted this man about his sin, but he had refused to repent. Now they didn't know what to do. In fact, they were proud of their tolerance and allowing him to continue in fellowship without any kind of consequences. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 4, Paul tells them, So when you are assembled, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of our Lord Jesus is present, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. So Paul tells them to remove this man from fellowship. And by doing that, they are handing this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. What's happening here is that this man was being removed from the spiritual covering of the church and now lacked that hedge of protection from the devil provided by being under the umbrella of spiritual authority provided by the leadership of that congregation. Now the devil had full access to sift him like wheat. The hope was that this destruction of his flesh would bring him to repentance and restoration to the body. And in 2 Corinthians, the second letter that Paul wrote to that same church, we see that this is exactly what happened. In fact, the church was reluctant to let him back in. So Paul had to tell them to welcome him back into the fellowship like they would a prodigal son. Now you can see how important it is for pastors and leaders to pray for their congregations. We are responsible for the spiritual atmosphere of our churches this does not happen automatically, but by exercising faith through prayer and intercession, we create a covering of spiritual protection for the people in our churches. We, ex we see examples of this in the scriptures. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 says that Jesus um, forever lives to make intercession for us, that Jesus is interceding for his church when he taught his disciples to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, he said, Pray and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He said, Pray like this. Pray for protection and deliverance from the evil one. Often this is translated, deliver us from evil. But in the Greek, there's a definite article which makes it more accurately translated, the evil one specifically. This echoes Jesus' high priestly prayer on behalf of his disciples and all who would believe through their message when he prayed in John chapter 17, verse 15. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Pastors and leaders also bless and serve their congregations through discipleship and the ministry of the word of God. Our job is to bring people through a process that leads to spiritual maturity and the ability to lead others into becoming leaders themselves. 
There's also an impartation of blessing as people discover their gift and calling on their lives. And that's nurtured and encouraged so that they can minister to the body with their gift and fulfill their mission in the sphere of influence and authority they've been positioned to have in the world. Jesus prayed specifically that God not take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil one. In all of these things, leaders serve people by helping them get to their destination, which is the experiencing, practically, of everything they were created to be as a child of God. That's how Paul encouraged the Corinthian leaders, saying, Get rid of the old yeast, so that you may be a new unleavened batch, as you really are. Today, may we live in community as his church in full submission to his will and his ways, or as Jesus prayed, that we would be sanctified, set apart by the truth, and live as one, as we really are, so that the world may believe and the devil's work would be destroyed. Amen.